1: it's time it's time 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 to get in the zone Time to get in the zone with the 49ers web zone this is the no huddle podcast with al zane and brian
3: what's up faithful it's another episode of the 49ers web zone no huddle podcast a part of the odyssey network we've got zane we've got al but guys more importantly no offense gentlemen We've got a very special guest. Uh, I, I am so thrilled. I know Zane is as well. We were talking off air about the music that we listened to to hype us up in, uh, in, in high school sports. For Zane, it was football and baseball. Uh, we are very, very thrilled to welcome 49ers fan and lead singer, Kobe Dick, Mr. Dick if you're nasty, no. Jacoby Shaddix was a lead singer of Papa Roach Jacoby welcome to the show man thanks
2: for your time dude what's good man good to see y'all Zane yeah Brian out guys what's up no huddle dude I'm stoked to be on here man and uh bang bang niner gang you know that
3: that's right bang bang bang, niner gang love it love it love
2: it come on dude (laughs) Forty killed it with that track dude
3: (laughs) absolutely (laughs) So, Jacoby, I know you guys are, are currently touring with Shine Down, and, and we've got some questions for you about the tour and the band. But with this being a 49ers podcast, we wanted to start with the Niners. You've got that Niner flag behind you. We love it. Um, what got you into football and specifically the 49ers? Uh, was that something you, you started as a fan as a kid, or, or how would you get into that?
2: So, my stepdad was a Steelers fan. And so he always had football going on, you know, on the television. And we were living in in NorCal at the time. And all my friends were wearing the Niners jerseys to school. And I'm like, what's up with this team? The Niners, you know, let's check those guys out. And started, I mean, it was just watching those dudes win, right? This is in the Montana era of the 49ers. And, just going to love obviously because we're going to the super bowl and we're whooping everybody's tail we got some of the best you know best cats in football on the team roger craig uh dwight clark you got uh i mean i mean there's i've fallen in love with different eras of the 49ers throughout the years and uh but that was the beginning for me you know now fast forward my friend got me a, a christmas gift one year it's uh the catch And it's, you know, signed it on a football, rest in peace, quite one of the greatest, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I got a love, I got a love affair with this team, man. And I, I'm faithful, faithful to the Bay dude. That's where, you know, and, uh, it's, I'm so excited about this season, man. And, and, you know, this coming Sunday, I'm just like, Oh. (laughs) i want to watch but i have to work oh i'm gonna turn my my phone off and not don't check any updates but yeah long and the short of it man i've been a i've been a niner's fan since i was a young kid outstanding
0: man and and as brian said in the the open i gotta thank you man because you were solely responsible for motivating like a room full (laughs) of 50 dudes to go out there and kick some ass in my high school football games every single game Every single game, I kid you not. The last song that we that we listened to was "Last Resort" before we went out. That's, that that that's was the last that's song, and that's by the that way, that was the turn up song. And you know what? The rest of the album was dope too. That album was absolute fire. That first album that Thank you guys you. dropped it was amazing, and uh, it's just so cool to be talking to you right now. It's such a surreal moment for me. But I gotta ask, like you 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 said you fell in love with many different Niners players and many different generations. But like, who who were some of your favorite players of the past and present that you can kind of like? Uh, tell us about you kind of went in a little bit Roger Craig and these guys as well, but like who are some of the guys that's really stuck out to you that that you really kind of uh attach yourself to?
2: I was uh Tom Rathman early on <laughs> yes. he was just like the man, and you know he just had that big old neck roll dude, and he would just yeah. run straight downhill, run through people's faces you know he he was a he was a Nebraska corn husker, you know, and that's just like some hard nosed football out there. And it really fit in line with the style of play that the Niners bring, you know. And it's just straight up the gut, you know, and just, hey, what's up, Jay? Um, sorry, one of my road crew dudes popped in. Uh, you know, just straight running the ball straight through your face. And he was a badass. Plus, he was great in the flats, too, man. He just run out there and get that catch. Good on third down. And uh, so he was one of my favorites early on. Obviously, Joe Montana, you know, mm-hmm. QB, he was just a legend um you know and then he passed the torch to to steve young which was dope but early on it was tom rathman that was the guy like i played football i played uh it was like peewee football and i wanted to run the ball so bad but they're like Nah, dude you're you're a guard you're a pulling guard <laughs> <laughs> so i can't have number 44 you're like no nah, dude no nah. oh <laughs> awesome.
1: jacoby you talked about watching them win Super Bowls, and we're close to the same age. So I was the same way, growing up, winning, winning, winning. And last few years, they've been so close, and it's been so frustrating. I know you're an emotional guy. I'm an emotional yeah. guy as a fan, right? We get into it. When you look at this season, is it boom or bust with the Super Bowl for you this year and this team?
2: I think, dude, I think it's – I did a prediction um, for well, – I can't remember who it was for, of some kind of like beginning of the year type thing, like my prediction for the Niners. And I say Super Bowl bound, straight up, dude. We, I, I think we got what it takes, man. If, if Purdy could stay healthy, you know, it's like our offense is firing. Our defense, dude, is just. In, Nick just Nick Bosa just signed. I think it was today, or maybe officially, yesterday. Officially, today, yes. And so we, our defense is freaking savage, and we're we're definitely a contender. And I always, you know, set the bar high for the Niners because I think we got what it takes, man. I think we're Super Bowl bound, straight up.
3: I love it. Love it. You mentioned Nick Bosa. Uh, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. We had, uh, we had an episode drop the day before news dropped that he signed that extension. And all of us were very, very, very concerned. Uh, were you worried that those issues would go into the season? Or did you have faith that, uh, that they'd get it done and, and he'd be on the field in week one?
2: I mean, I think the you know, within the organization, I, I knew that they wanted to get it done. You know, it's like, and the dude's worth it. He's a badass,
3: dude. 100%.
2: You know, it's like, there's a reason why, like, a 10-year-old that likes football, uh, my little guy, Brixton, loves football. There's a reason why he's wearing Nick Bosa's jersey around at school. You know what I mean? It's like, he is an impressive defensive player, and he slays, and he's been such an integral part of the team since he first joined, and so, you know, it's just like, uh, that same scare, right? Like, I think it was last year with, with uh Debo. You know, it's like, oh, don't go, Debo. No. Like, <laughs> I see you wearing a 19 right there. Oh, yep. That dude is like, you know, he's another one of my favorites. Golly, I could I mean, they're they're all my favorite. <laughs> I'm like the kind of so, guy now. I, it's grown for me where it's like, I'm on I'm on the Niners website, like watching the like deep cuts and the interviews from all the players now. Hmm. And it's like I'm getting a little too obsessed.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no such thing.
1: You don't get. To, you're not too obsessed until you have a podcast. That's when you know you're you're a little bit too obsessed, like us. But
2: hey, dude, um, I'm, I'm an honorary member now. Today, so. <laughs> absolutely,
3: 100 today today and forevermore.
1: Yes. So, Jacoby, I got to ask you. You know, a band's a lot like a team, and that it's t- it's tough to stay together. It's tough to have prolonged success. And here you are in Papa Roach. You guys have been successful for for decades now, decades. Why do you think you've been able to stand the test of time as a band?
2: Um, I'd say this was my mission since I was a little, since I was like 16, even younger than that. Like that's, that was that vision that I had that that drive and that passion towards this. And I found other, other dudes that wanted to do the same thing that were just as kind of crazy and almost like had delusions of grandeur, like I'm going to be a rock star. And then all of a sudden I find myself in that position and it's like, all right, now I want to stay doing this. And so it's been a lot of sacrifice. You know, we're all, we all have families back home and we miss them dearly. Um, Miss them so much. I brought my little son out on the road with me out there on this tour, you know, I'm not leaving you at home. We're doing this. Um, (laughs) But you know, it's like I got brothers in this band that, that believe in the vision and we, did. we haven't given up when times were kind of tough and, you know, we, We've had some really highs in our career and some really lows. And there's been moments where I'm like, man, are we supposed to pack this thing up? And you know, then we go back out on tour and we just see the people coming out and singing our songs right back at us on stage. And I'm like, nah, this this the story isn't done being told. And uh, you know, plus the music, it's like we're writing music that's still connecting. You know, we've had two hmm. number ones on this new record, and uh that blows my mind, you know we've been doing this since 1993 and dropped our first big album in, uh, 2000. And we're still writing music that is top in the rock chart. And that is like, what more could I ask for?
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports media and entertainment.
2: And that is a harsh
0: lesson in business.
1: Sports is and not as uh, simple you know as bringing a bunch of big names together. I
0: didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It
1: opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called
0: The, the deal. deal.
1: Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify.
0: Talking with Jacoby Shaddix of Papa Roach, and what were what were some of your musical inspirations? Kind of that that led you to where you are today. And and second part of that question, I guess, is is. Who do you listen to today? Like, what do you like to listen to?
2: Um, so early on, you know, it was like bands like Metallica was a big inspiration on Jerry, our guitar player. Uh, mm. I was a huge Faith No More fan. And so Faith No More really inspired me to kind of be very adventurous as a, as a writer and creator of music. And Red Hot Chili Peppers was an early influence. Wu-Tang Clan, Social Distortion. Um, I loved punk rock, but then I also loved metal, you know. Uh, Love Guns N' Roses as well early on. Um, But now, I mean, my musical taste is always changing. Lately, uh, I've been listening to a lot of Beartooth. Um, There's another band called Sleep Token that I've been digging. Um, There's a band called called Spirit Box that's out on tour with us right now. Those guys are are bringing something new. Uh, Female Fronted, she's a badass. Um, Bring Me the Horizon is another group that I really like. And then I find myself going back to those 90s uh, hip hop classics, you know, some early E40, you know, mm-hmm. uh, tribe called Quest. And I'm all over the map when it comes to music. And then I'm listening to this, you know, just like New Music Friday, like what drops? And I'm like, all right, this is cool. Oh, that sucks. Oh, That's, <laughs> I'm like, it ain't because I'm old. It's just because some of this new stuff just sucks.
3: Yeah. Fair. <laughs> Fair <laughs> I mean, I don't
2: know. <laughs> I know. I hate no, I, I totally not agree, man. It's not,
0: it's, it's not the same, right? It's Music isn't yeah. the same. I don't want to sound like old or anything, but it's not the same as it was before. That's
3: but I, right I, ha-
0: right. I have to ask you, man, like, so what's what does it feel like when you're out there going in front of a stadium full of people, much like athletes, right? Where you're just in front of a stadium full of fans, you step out onto that stage and you see the endless sea of people out there. What does that, what does that feel like? Is that still a rush oh, for you after all these years? Oh, yeah.
2: It's, it is my drug of choice. Yeah. You know, ele- yeah. 11 almost 12 years ago i quit drinking booze and treating myself like crap you know so i had to kind of come up with a new passion and all along this rock and roll thing was there but it was kind of always in the back seat because i was all about the party and Mm. then when i changed that up it was like i realized like what i this high that i get when i get on stage it's like nothing else i gotta tell you this one time i was invited down to uh to the stadium, to Levi Stadium, and I was asked if I would go uh, blow the foghorn. Oh, blow the foghorn, yeah. Dude, I had never been so nervous in my <laughs> life ever. <laughs> I was like, first off, they put me on camera. I'm all, like, Dante Whitner, Keo Spikes, and Joe Staley. Joe comes up to me, shakes my hand, tells me he loves our song, Scars. I'm like, ah, I didn't even <laughs> I'm like, super. Like I don't get starstruck, man. But when I meet some of them Niners, I'm just like, oh, 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 oh. yeah, love it. It was great. It was a great it. moment. I was I was terrified though. Pulling, I was like, don't screw this up, dude. You can't screw this up. This <laughs> the <Niners>. awesome. <laughs> Yeah, awesome.
1: I met I met Joe Staley years ago, and I'm about six foot tall, and I got a picture with him. And I mean, I'm up to like his shoulder, man. Like, yeah, dude yeah. is just huge. Like, it's just crazy. It's crazy seeing these guys in person. You know, monster. Nicole- so Jacoby, I was saying it earlier. I've heard you say that you're you're an emotional guy, and I mean that comes through in your lyrics. Oh yeah. When you write a song and you're putting that emotion into words, is that cathartic for you? Do you feel relief, or or is it exhausting? What what is that process like for you to really sit down and write 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 an emotional song? like you do,
2: I mean it's definitely cathartic, you know, and it's it's me working my way through those feelings and understanding them, and I think it's a. I'm just so grateful that I found that way to express myself, you know, cuz before it was just like I just stuff 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 and you know, I think as like a modern man it's like I think that's the next evolution in manhood is like, you know, being in touch with our, you know, our feelings and understanding our emotions but then also still being a badass, you know, and having that balance and not just stuffing everything away like earlier generations were told to do, you know, I think it just rears its head in in some really bad ways and so it's me just kind of wrestling with that ball of yarn that I got going on, you know? And it's like every day I got a shot of trying to like untangle some knots and music has been a key element um, for me to be able to do that, you know, and to, to connect with people and, and really realize that it's just, it's a beautiful thing when you feel like when you're walking through something that's just tearing you apart and you realize like, there's thousands of other people that are feeling that exact same way that have been through it, that have, that have overcome it, that have stepped up, you know, for me, putting down the bottle, drinking was like a major, major like hurdle in my life. And I wrote a lot about that and the growth that I experienced in like clearing away the wreckage of all that stuff and like just being a free man, you know, and then I, I go and travel the world and find people that meet people that are saying, Hey man, like, Your stories inspired me to put down the drink, you know, your sport, your stories inspired me to, to, to chase a spiritual life. And that's not what I intended in the beginning. But wow, like what a, what a wild gift it is to write songs and to connect through that with people.
3: You uh, you said earlier that uh, you guys started as a band in 1993, which quick math that is exactly 30 years ago, which is wild. And then you said that uh, that that first album came out in 2000. Uh, That is the year I graduated high school. I remember that album vividly. Um, You know, I I I live in the Sacramento area, so you know it was almost like hey, my neighbor, dude. Yeah, right. We were like, hey, this you know this this band from Vacaville, right? It's essentially just you know just just our neighbors, but. Do you feel like, you know, a, a lot of times a band, their first album is almost, you know, the 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 cornerstone of who they are. You know, you think you oh, yeah. mentioned Guns and Roses, right? Appetite for Destruction. That album yep. is incredible. Um, and and I think a lot of times it's because, you know, that album came out seven years after you guys became a band. Yep. Then you hit it big, and then it's like, oh, what's going to the next record going to be? When's it going to come out? Do mm-hmm. you feel like the the writing of music? for you guys has has changed a lot since since then obviously the the content of the lyrics and you know with all that life experience but is the process still pretty similar for you guys or you know what does that look like for you
2: um you know it has evolved a lot through the years and in a lot of di- in a lot of different ways good ways and bad ways i think um we used to be just four of us in a 10 by 10 room and just jam until our you know our ears bled you know we just went for it and that's how we wrote like a lot of our early material. Our uh, first like three to four albums were just us in a room, just smashing it out. And then then once uh, we kind of jumped into the world of taking advantage of the technology at hand, then we were on the road with these recording studios. All of a sudden we mm. had re- recording studios and our computers and we're like, oh snap, this can change things. And so if, if there's a way I could explain it, it's like, all of a sudden, when you're in a room jamming, it's a four lane highway, right? There's four instruments playing at the same time. Whereas when you're writing a record or writing music um, in a studio environment, all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's a one lane highway. Only one thing is happening, happening at the uh, at okay. a time. And so sometimes you can be overcritical of a part that's happening and just overthink yourself and not really understand the momentum that's happening creatively and you know, it's it has its uh, advantages and its disadvantages. And so we choose now to create both ways. Right. So we'll go in and we call it shed and wood and uh, we'll go shed wood with each other for like two weeks and just jam and just see record all the jams and just see if there's some great moments in there. And then we'll take those pieces and that'll be kind of the Kickstarter to, you know, what we're going to create. And then we'll take it into the studio and then bring it down to that one lane highway again, where we're just putting one thing, one piece of information, one piece of one guitar riff at a time, one bass riff at a time and take it like that. So, yeah, man, I mean, long winded answer. But yes, it has evolved, evolved tremendously. And, you know, the lyrical content is another thing. You know, it's just a reflection of where I'm at uh, in my life, what's happening in in the lives around me, what's happening in the world and uh, distill that down into something and try to make sense of it.
3: Awesome, yeah. You've got you guys are on tour right now with Shine Down. I know you guys have a, a show tonight. Yeah. Um, again, been a band for thirty years. Uh, what are we at nine? Nine albums now.
2: Uh, there's eleven albums.
3: Eleven albums. Okay. Yep. So you're talking over, you know, a hundred songs to choose from when you put together a set list for for a tour like this. Uh, can you take us a little bit into kind of what that what that process looks like? What are you guys thinking about when you're when you're putting a set list together does it ever change mid-tour or what does that look like
2: so we'll go and uh we'll look on the streaming services right and we'll see like what songs in the last like six months have really just Smart. been been streaming right who what are the what are the fans listening to and uh obviously they're going to be listening to the hits so we got to play that you know we got to play the hits and the ones that really stick, right? The classics. So we're playing Last Resort, Scars, Getting Away With Murder. Those are like staples. And then um, from there, it's like, all right, we see that they're actually playing this track, She Loves Me Not, off our second record. And so we hadn't played that one in years. And But people, it started trending on some social media platforms. And then we're like, all right, we're bringing it back into the set. And we brought it back into the set. And I didn't want to play it. <laughs> but the fans wanted it, you know, and so I, I, I like, you got to give the people what they want, you know. I, people, people got a choice what to do with their money, right? And when somebody chooses to come to a Papa Roach show and spend their money on a, on a concert ticket, I want them to leave feeling like they got their money's worth. They got what they came for, you know. And that's playing the hits, man, and playing what they're spending on, on the, on the, uh, on the streaming services. And so we really pay attention to that. That's a big part of us, you know. And it's a battle too. It's like, you know, egos get involved, egos get hurt. Sometimes you I don't get to do what I want. You know, I didn't want to play <laughs> she loves me but we're playing it. And it's like people are doing it. So I'm like, all right, cool. Here you go. All right. I'm gonna play the shit out of this one for y'all.
3: <laughs> Love it. Love it. Jacoby,
1: it was an honor, man. You got an open invite anytime you want to come and talk football.
2: Oh, dude, I got I cool. gotta tell you, man, we should do this again because uh my bass player is insanely obsessed with the 49ers like oh yeah quiet about it you know when but when we start talking i'm like oh dude you know everything about the night i know he'd love to talk football with you guys dude and i'd love to join again man for real you know Um, yeah i'll give i'll give becky my cell number
1: to you to give to you guys and we'll set it up
2: perfect man that sounds great it was awesome chatting with you guys man for real
3: Hey, thank the you, honor was all ours. Was so thank you, thank, you, thank bang, you for your
2: music. Bang, thank you Niner
3: Gang, let's go. Let's go. Bang, bang, Niner Gang. Oh,
2: thank yeah. you. Peace out, y'all. Later. is on three. One, two, three. <laughs>